The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO and Power Plus, their next generation broker portal that gives you more speed and control over the process. You can now disclose, lock, and manage your loan seamlessly from start to finish, all in one place. It's another reason why greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is Division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. We saw record volume and profits in 2021, but this year the market is grinding to a halt and origination is at its lowest point in more than 20 years. So how do you set yourself apart and find business? Welcome to The Principal. I'm Mike Savino, head of multimedia for the Mortgage News Network. Today I'm joined by Craig Martin. He's Managing Director and Global Head of Wealth and Lending at J.D. Power & Associates. Craig, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Um, so I guess just started off, uh, you know, Craig, you and, and JD Power, you kind of looked at how well uh, mortgage originators are setting themselves apart. What we're seeing from customers, what did you what did you find in your study? Yeah, I think what's really interesting is, you know, on one hand, we're seeing lenders doing a pretty good job for customers, and I think this is a really competitive marketplace, as you said. You know, the the, the rates have gone way up. The demand has dropped dramatically. The refi boom has kind of ended. And so there's a limited number of customers that are out there that a lot of lenders are competing for. And so, you know, what the good news for the, the consumer is that means you're going to get a really good experience. Um, the problem that lenders have is how do you differentiate? And what's really happened is a lot of focus in the last you know, many years. And we've seen upgrades in technology. Uh, you've got a lot of resources put towards this. So the experience is pretty good. Um, but I think what's what that means is there's a good experience, but there's not something that really stands out. And so our our data would show that a lot of firms are fairly similar. And so the customer almost in, in some ways that the recent refi heavy focus on rates has almost encouraged people to think about it as a product, and that makes it more commoditized. That doesn't mean it's bad experience, but you know, out and swap out for whichever provider they feel like, and assume they're going to get a similar experience. So that that's the challenge as you're a lender and you want to separate yourselves from the pack. How do you do that? And I think that's the what we're seeing is most aren't truly differentiating in the mind of the consumer right now. Right. It's almost like, well, the, you know, the grocery store, like, hey, if bananas are bananas, I'm going to go wherever the bananas are the cheapest. That's, that's I guess, what you run the risk of doing when it's so rate focused, right? Absolutely. And I, and I think that's, you know, in some ways it's, uh, you know, there was so much demand and there was so much volume that lenders didn't have to think too much about what they were delivering. I mean, that's not to say they were delivering a bad experience, but they were just so focused on, you know, hey, I got everyone needs a banana, so let's let's go deliver that banana. Um, now it's uh, you know, what are you going to do with that banana? Like, what's your need? What what how are we going to solve those problems? And that's a whole different dynamic for the customer. Uh, and and really, you're going to have to separate yourselves because otherwise. They will treat you like you're just another product provider. And so, how do how do you set yourself apart? What are some of the things that you saw that that customers are looking for? Where maybe okay, I'm going to lock in, and this is this is my originator, 
And I'm not just going to keep shopping around for the lowest rate. Yeah, I think there's a couple things. One is you know engaging early and demonstrating that you're more than just a product. I mean, what we see I mean, at the heart is communication. But I think in a market where rising rates uh, you know, are putting people out of the marketplace and creating more challenges, how do you separate yourselves? How do you stand out? Uh, and a lot of that comes through the education, communication, and guidance. Uh, what we call it, really, it comes down to being a trusted financial advisor. And I think you know, that's, a, that's a heavy lift for a, a mortgage lender in many regards. But it's even engaging with the customer early before they've actually gotten to the point of buying a home. And what we see is satisfaction and differentiation drops dramatically if you're engaging with the customer after they've chosen to kind of move ahead with a home. And basically, they're saying, I now need a product. I think that you know, the true differentiation is going to come by engaging early and becoming kind of a critical part of the process so that you're not, you know, I think, the, I forget who said it recently, but it's, you, know, you marry the home, not the rate. And you really want them to think about you as that helping enable and, and guide them to achieving that goal of finding that home and, and enabling it, not just uh, kind of giving them a product that they can find anywhere. Yeah, especially with the market the way it is right now, so much in flux and, and we're seeing buyers and sellers seem to have very different expectations on, on where things are going. Of course, you also have realtors, but depending on the dynamic, the realtor might be working for the seller. So is this somewhere like, is that the kind of stuff you're talking about that, hey, as a loan officer, you can say, I'm working for you and I understand this market and how to try to time it. So you may not be getting the best deal, but you're getting very close to it. Absolutely. I think that's the, that's really the key is I'm working for you and even I'm helping you solve a problem. So uh, you're a first time home buyer. What do you need to do to prepare to buy a home? Uh, what, you know, what are the rates going to do? Should I be rushing? Do I need to, you know, where should I be, you know, cutting costs? How do I set a budget? All you know, really important things for a customer who is trying to be able to afford a home and even guide them towards maybe, you know, yeah, I think there's a lot of different offers out there today you know, adjustable rate mortgage versus a fixed rate. Uh, you know, do you want to, you know, how do you think about even, you know, some of the new products that are out there, they sound flashy. What are the repercussions that, that they might have? What are the expectations? So being able to help them understand and even prepare and take actions before they go through the application process to be most successful is really a key differentiator. It's interesting you mentioned the real estate agent, and we see that, uh, in fact, the customers who said that the real estate agent's the key influencer actually have lower satisfaction. And that's not to imply that real estate agents are doing something wrong. But again, they have different priorities. Their focus is on the home and they've got a part of the, the, the experience that they're managing. And they're going to push a lender and productize them oftentimes. Uh, so they're, they're going to tell their customer, hey, you should push them faster. They can do more for you. So in some ways, you're, they're, in, they're an influencer that's changing the perception. So uh, it, you know, you got to think about all the dynamics that are play, and really being on the side of that customer can be critical and, and differentiating. Right, and I think that also gets back to your point of getting involved early in the process. If you've been influenced by your real estate agent, and then you're going to a sale by then, it's probably too late for the originator to to undo that. Um, so, so given given some of the points you made, particularly when it comes to the mortgage process and understanding how to make themselves look like an attractive borrower before you know sending that in and so that the process can go smoother, it can go faster, you can get the best rate possible. But also, there's so many products out there now. Uh, you know, We're seeing adjustable rate mortgages come back. 
non-QM uh, is is kind of grow or had been growing its share. Do, do customers feel like they understand this stuff? Or is that, again, back to, you know, if they're not satisfied with their originator, they might not feel like they're really understanding what they're doing. Yeah, I think generally people don't have a good understanding. And, you know, not... I think this is always a challenge for lenders and, and loan officers is how do you explain product in a way that addresses the customer's needs without getting too into the minutia? I mean, it's kind of like any expert is going to try to go into all the technical explanations. And, you know, in financial services in particular, you know, people tend to tune things out pretty quickly. So I think the critical thing that lenders need to be focused on is not just, you know, again, I've got all these products and you can have the most products and the best products, but if the customer doesn't see the value in them, then there's really, they're not going to give you the credit for it. So how do you understand, you know, fundamentally what the customer needs, what their wants are, what problems are you trying to solve? And then how does a product fit? And not to say, hey, I've got 20 products, but you've told me these are the needs and the critical priorities you have. Here's the two or three products that best meet those needs. And this is why I'd suggest you focus on those based on what you've told me. And again, there's certainly plenty of folks out there who do that. But I think as a rule, there are a lot of customers, and, and this kind of goes to a broader theme that we see, which is a lack of understanding and full kind of communication about what's going to happen, why is it going to happen, how is it going to happen. And I think that relates to product, it relates to process. So the better you can be about helping the customer understand as a, you know, as a layman, as a, you know, the, what are the basics of it, can really impact their perceptions of you as the expert without overwhelming them with details and facts that, frankly, they'll conf- be confused by. Don't miss the largest regional mortgage show in the nation. The New England Mortgage Expo returns to Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, January 12th and 13th. See us at www.nemortgageexpo.com. Start your year with the best connections in the industry. Dozens of sessions, scores of exhibitors. It's where success is written every hour. www.nemortgageexpo.com. We see people uh, in the industry, you know, stress the importance of tech and tech can help in a lot of ways, including here. You can you can have your customers informed about what's going on with their loan because they can see the status. Uh, you can use social media to promote yourself and make connections. And pe- people have so many one sided relationships through TikTok with people that they've never met before. So is is tech an easy cure all for this, or is this still an area where people kind of want that personal relationship? Yeah, it's a great question. I think tech is not a cure all. In fact, what we've seen is the biggest problem with tech is tech. Um, and and I, I say that in, in jest a little bit, but it's the people building the tech oftentimes are building it based on technical specs and ramifications and, and structural constraints that they have. They forget what the customer actually needs. So technology is awesome because it can deliver information and communications and allow for exchange of, of data uh, all the time, anytime, in a really efficient and effective process. But the customer has to know that's there and know how to use it. And I think where I, one of the things that I would say is really critical for the industry is understanding the human side of tech. And that means both the customer and how they're going to use technology and how you want them to use technology, as well as your employees. You know, I, I've, I've gone through the process a few times and, and had this experience uh, where you know, I wanted to mostly self-serve. I, I went in and led with this idea, I'm going to use tech. It's going to be easy and fast. And then invariably... They interact with me. Yeah, that first it's email, and you know that you can debate how human that is, but that's a kind of a separate engagement outside of an online platform. 
And then you've got the consumer getting told by a loan officer or an individual, hey, I can help you with that. Just email me or call me and we'll, we'll handle that. And oftentimes, you know, without even knowing it, they're actually knocking down the perceptions of digital because they'll say, don't worry about that. Don't pay attention to that. I'll take care of it for you. And essentially what they're saying is the tech doesn't work the way you think it should. So go ahead and work with me. And it, it you know, again, it's, it's a critical dynamic where I think the industry is underutilizing tech and for certain activities and probably over-relying on it for others. And again, the, the human element, if you, we've asked in our study, what are the critical elements? And really, they look at the human element as a guide and an expert through the process. Now, what that can mean is explaining how we're going to use technology. So it's not that you would replace human with technology, but how do you use it most effectively and efficiently? And that's, again, that can be you know cost savings. It can be how do you free up people's time to really add value and guidance? Uh, you know, it's, it's a it's a theme that's not just in lending, but actually more broadly in financial services, wealth management. Uh, we've seen this a lot, which is, you know, it's not that you get rid of uh, the human engagement or the value of the human, but rather play up or, or add more value by using the humans for the optimal actions. You know, submitting a document and checking that document, technology is really good at doing those things. So I want to allow technology to do what it's really good at. Um, and then enable my human capital to, to get kind of the maximum value. So I think there's a lot of, of opportunity still with technology, but it's you've got to understand the human side of it to really make it work. And just lastly, you know, so it sounds like you kind of have to be a coach, maybe a therapist at times when the market gets very unstable uh, and, and you have to maintain a personal relationship to help walk them through the process, even if you're using tech. You know, and, and you know, originators might be looking at this saying, my, "My my my volume has dropped dramatically from last year, and I might only be uh, originating one one loan a month now." And you know, seeing what's going on in the market, I need to show my value to to my employer. What would you say to somebody who goes, "That just sounds like too much work," and what I need to be doing is, you know, just making calls and using tech to, to free me up for that and, and just getting customers in the door and as opposed to spending this much time with them with one person, you know, what, what would you say to an originator who sort of has that view? Well, I, I think the key is to, to look at technology as how it's going to free up your time to do more of that. So if you can, you, you invest the time up front to explain how you're going to use technology and how it's going to work together. Now, if, if you say, hey, I don't want to be a coach and a guide, uh, you know, in this challenging marketplace, then why would they choose you? I mean, what's, you know, and, and I think that's the key, key question, because if your value is simply to say, I'm going to collect documents and I'm going to get these things done, you know, there are a handful of folks that might appreciate that. But for the most part, that's not going to separate you. And, and then you're, you're fighting rate, you're fighting, fighting you know, turn times, things like that. So at the end, you know, really, I think you, you look at this and go, you know, hey, if you're only doing, how do you get people to tell you and, and you know, what, what's going to drive more volume for you? Yeah, it, probably picking up the phone bank is not likely to do a whole lot for you. I mean, I got a call, I won't say from who, uh, two weeks ago on a Sunday, uh, my wife answered and, and basically cursed them out, saying, are, are you crazy? You're asking me to refinance my loan from a, a two and three quarters up to a seven. I don't even know what you're talking about. So you again, not 
you harm just both short-term but long-term perspective on what they can offer. Yeah, right. You got to remember, this is the single biggest purchase most people will make. And, and they want to make sure they're not getting hosed on a 15 or a 30-year commitment. And that's why they're coming to you and not using a computer. So certainly some some great advice, Craig. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, yeah, my pleasure. Thanks so much for the time. We'll be back with your headlines right after a word from our sponsor. This podcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO and Power Plus, their next generation broker portal. Visit tpo.pennymac.com to sign up. PennyMac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Here's the rest of your headlines for today, November 10th. Let's start with some positive news. Inflation in October was 7.7% above last year. While still high, it's below what many economists expected, and experts hope it's a sign that inflation has peaked. The 10-year yield fell by a quarter point after the CPI numbers were released. Unfortunately, we also have more bad news as the earnings season continues. Redfin posted a third-quarter loss of $90 million. The company blamed the loss on Redfin Now, the company's iBuying platform. As we reported yesterday, Redfin is leaving iBuying and has cut 860 jobs. This has been The Principal, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by T.G. Cotamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygates. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.